Episode 87 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on the Disney parks in Asia, including Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, and da-da-da-da, the new Shanghai Disneyland. And we are coming to you directly from Japan, so you get the news straight from the source. You can find us at TDR.com, on Twitter at TDR Explorer. Wait, not TDR.com. TDRExplorer.com. You can find us on Twitter at TDR, at TDR Explorer, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TDR Explorer, and also on Instagram. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Patricia, the official photographer for TDR Explorer. Can you tell I've had too much caffeine? And um, you can find me on Twitter at DreamSweetsLove, and also on Instagram under the same name. Um, here is... Our other wonderful co-host, Chris, who does so much. Chris, tell us about what you do and um, what's going on. Yeah, so I am the chief content editor for TDR Explorer, meaning I do all the other stuff, I guess. (laughs) And one of those other things is eating all the seasonal food at the parks, which is always delicious. Not really good for my waistline, but I'm managing. I'm managing. You're fit, man. (laughs) I try. I I do my best. Uh, you can find me on my my personal Twitter at Vernon Lover. All right. Well, uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about, very quickly, um, thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You you guys are making this show happen, and we cannot thank you enough. Uh, if you'd like to con- uh, contribute to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash TDR now. And depending on the amount that you pledge, you get a, a perk, which is always awesome. So if you pledge $5 or more, you get access to our episodes before everybody else. And who doesn't love early access? Your VIP, man. Exactly. And then if you pledge $15 or more... You get access to our bonus episodes, which are Patreon only. No one else is going to get them except you. And can we be real? What's that? These bonus episodes are really cool. They're really fun. They're things that we don't talk about on the podcast. Things that we're scared to talk about because we don't want to be ridiculed. Well, I don't want to be ridiculed. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't, don't. Now you put that idea in my head. (laughs) Oh, my God. and it's also, they're uncensored. So, you know, we we talk uh, we talk a little more loosely, I guess. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And if you want to listen to them, um, you can pledge $15 or more. And you'll also get access to all the back episodes as well. And I believe when this episode comes out, um, our fifth bonus episode will be out. So make sure you log into Patreon and download it into your podcast app or whatever you use to listen to our podcasts all right so what are we what are we talking about 
we have our news. We have our crowd forecast. Um, we are going to talk about a really interesting topic, um, which neither of us really knew that much about. Um, but we have a, a really uh, lovely listener, Diane, who is going to share her story about visiting Tokyo Disney with allergies. Um, and uh, so stay tuned for that. And then we are going to have our park tip. And that's it for today. Okay. So we're a little light on news, but we've been saying that for the last like four episodes anyway. But um, there's new merchandise out at the Disney Store Japan for June. Uh, which includes merchandise for Donald, because it's his birthday in June. Yay! And, and your birthday. And I, yeah, Donald and I share the same birthday month, so that's cool. His is on June 9th, mine's June 3rd, so we're not born on the same day, but close enough. Mm-hmm. Close enough. Um, and then also, the merchandise for Tanabata Days, we know what it's going to be, so we have all this on our website, so you can go and check it out. Um and this is available until the end of the Tanabata Days event, which is only three weeks. Just over three weeks. Only? That's long, man. <laughs> Longer than it's used to be, yeah. You know, that guy, I was talking with my friend, that guy that carries the cart, that has always carried the cart with Mickey, I mean, he's getting up there in age. And I'm we're yeah. worried about him. It's starting to get hot it's a and lot. everything. Yeah. Um, and you guys, if you are staying um, in the Shin Urayasu area, especially if you're staying at the, one of the Disney Celebration Hotels, you are super duper close um, to the Red Bull Air Race takeoff area. They put up a temporary uh, taking off and landing strip so you can see the airplanes leaving and coming and they'll do some like fan service flips and stuff like that uh, when they're coming in and out. Um there is seating that you can reserve. Um, you can check that out um, on the Urayasu website, the Urayasu City website. Or um, in Makuhari, you're going to be able to see the actual show and the tricks from there, um, from that seating area on the beach. Or if you know someone with a boat, go out and check it out on the ocean as well. Um, it's really cool. And it is, um, I think, the only Red Bull Air Race area where you can get really, really close um, to the place where they keep the airplanes so you can see them right up close without any distance in between you. You can meet some of the pilots. They're walking around the city. And it's a really, really neat experience. So um, definitely check it out if you're staying at one of those hotels um, on the, I want to say the 10th or the 11th. Let me double check. On the 10th and 11th. Yeah, on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, so check it out. That sounds like fun. I think I would love to go see that. It is really, really cool. Like last year, we went out on the boat and we saw it from Makuhari. The water was super choppy, but worth it. So worth it. Mm-hmm. And I would go, well, if, like, if you, um, are you going to Disney this week, right? Yeah. Okay, go take the little celebration bus to the hotel, go to the bay and go check out the airplanes because you get to see them really, really close. Great photos, opportunity. Um, and it's just like really fascinating. Ooh, okay. I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now for our crowd forecast. Um, as always, we get our crowd forecast information from tdrnavi.jp where they have crowd forecast information for up to six months ahead of time. And they have it available in Japanese, but also in English, which is a plus. Then this is for the week of June 5th, 2017. And it's still slow, which is nice. 
um, mid or sorry, uh, it's going to be about 20, 20 of twenties out of a hundred midweek, which is rather quiet, um, at both parks. And then typical weekend, 80 out of a hundred and then 50 out of a hundred on the Sunday. So it's been kind of, it's been like this for the past few weeks. So nothing really out of the ordinary. And, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more rainy days because June is the rainy season. So we're going to be seeing some rain happening and we're already seeing it happening already. So nothing too surprising there. <laughs> okay. Um, so now, oh, we're, we're, so we're going to talk about allergies. Um, I think we talked about this like two years ago or something like that. Like one of our earlier episodes, we talked about this. But that was two years ago when we were just like, you know, young little podcasters then. <laughs> <laughs> but now, things change. now we're more. You yeah. Know? And we never, we didn't have personal experience with it. You know? Yeah. So um, before we get into the interview with our good friend, Diane, um, we're good. We're just going to go over like kind of the, the basis of how Tokyo Disney Resort handles allergies and just kind of things to expect um so just like other disney parks um tokyo disney resort does take allergies very seriously of course like you know they don't want anyone to have an allergic reaction and things like that um and all the stuff that we're talking about we'll have links in the show notes but they also if you go to the official website um they have a allergy section with all this information in it and it's all in English too so that's good um there's a lot of information here a lot of it's kind of dry information so (laughs) probably just kind of go through it quickly in a sense um so by Japanese law um there are seven allergens like common allergens or allergenic foods that they have to display on the menu And what they are is shrimp, crab, wheat, buckwheat, eggs, dairy products, and peanuts. So if anything, if any dish contains that, it will be clearly marked. So you know that it's it's actually in it. And it's always bilingual, too. Um, They'll always have that in English as well, I've noticed. Yeah, it's it's not just in Japanese, which is good. Yeah. And then there's select restaurants that will have a special dietary menu. And um, this is like, this is a separate like um, item, like uh, like meal or whatever from the restaurant that is prepared away from everything that contains these allergens. Um, they do have this on the website, so, uh, so I won't bother going through every single one because we'll be here forever. <laughs> um but um so this allergen menu or allergen free menu doesn't contain wheat buckwheat eggs dairy products and peanuts um but they do state there is no guarantee that it won't become contaminated that's so scary so, yeah so i guess if if you have like a deathly allergy then you probably should be careful <laughs> Um, I, I guess like peanuts and stuff like that. You should you'd be very careful. But so just keep that in mind. Um, this is what they've put on their website. So I'm just kind of paraphrasing what they had on there. 
Um, but if you go, um, this is also part of our, our park tip. So I'm kind of giving it, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Um, if you're, if you're worried about a, like a, a language barrier, um, there's cards you can print off from different websites that'll have like information. It'll, it'll print it in English and Japanese. So then, you know, if there's some like communication error or like communication problems, you can just show this card and the person should understand what you mean. And I would say this is a must, not just for the parks, but going for Japan everywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It probably, it probably be more important outside of the parks than in. I for sure. Say. Because yeah, at the resort, they're going to have, you know, things in English and things like that. But if you're visiting outside of Japan or outside Japan, outside of the <laughs> parks, um, there's no guarantee that a lot of these restaurants will even have an English menu or they'll know what you're talking about. So having something in Japanese is very beneficial. So what do you do if, like, let's say you have this allergy, like, let's say you're allergic to peanuts, as an example, and you're and, you know, you don't want to take any chances whatsoever you know, understandably so. Um, there are select restaurants at both parks that have different, um, like, kitchen um, equipment that you could use to, like, warm up your food or, like, prepare it. That's so, like, so if interesting. You have a, like, so, like, if you have a very, like, very particular diet, um, there's select restaurants. Uh, certain restaurants will have a microwave, so you can bring your own prepared food. And you can microwave it, warm it up. There's also some restaurants that have a machine that will um, that will puree your food. I'm not too sure what you'd use that for, like baby food, maybe. It could. I'm not be. too sure. And then there's also some places that have equipment that will mince food for you. Again, I'm not too sure what you would use that for. So if anyone has any ideas, let us know because I, I I really I can't think of anything. I have a question. Um, like, so this is for allergies. Can you also do this if you're vegetarian or vegan? That's a good question. Um, I don't know, to be quite honest. Um, like, this is more like when they say this, this is more like if you have an allergy. So I guess like vegetarian and vegan isn't really considered an allergy. Like, I don't, I really don't know, to be quite honest. Okay. But, um, because like to bring like bringing in your own food like prepared food into the park is usually a big no-no right but if you have like again like if you have like an allergy if you have it printed on the card and someone questions you like if the security questions you you can just show them the card and then and more than likely they're going to be like oh okay that's fine then all right I mean, because I feel like if you're vegan or vegetarian or maybe like you have like a a religious dietary restriction, I wonder Mm -hmm. with the religious dietary restriction, if they would be more flexible. And I wonder if you can't just go and say that you have an allergy, even if you don't, like just if you're one of those specific diets. Yeah, like because, yeah, uh, Japan doesn't really like they don't handle those things very well yet. Like because it's it's so new here. Right. So it's like a lot of people don't know how to handle it. So um, it's probably easier. Pro- I'm saying probably because I don't really know. So take this with a grain of salt. Um, just saying you have an allergy is probably easier to explain than having to explain, you know, certain dietary um, restrictions for, you know, whatever reason you have, right? 
probably like just easier for everyone all around is my guess. We have to find out one of these days. We have to call them or something. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the Olympics coming up, they're gonna it's gonna come up a lot. For sure. Um But never fear, um if you are vegetarian, um they have limited options. Uh, they're getting better. Um they're still limited, but you're not completely out of luck. Um, there are restaurants that um, say they have vegetarian options. So there's the Eastside Cafe, which is in Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, the Center Street Coffee House, again, Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, Blue Bayou Restaurant at Disneyland. And Plasma Ray's Diner at Disneyland also has a vegetarian option. And then over at Tokyo Disney Sea is uh, Ristorante di Cantaletto which also has a vegetarian dish. You'd think um, there would be more at Disney Sea. Yeah. Well, I guess like they can't really say like the the uh, buffets would have vegetarian options per se No, because they have like, like a, a buffet serves everything, right? Like they have salad, they have meat, they have desserts. Right. And it can become so, cross-contaminated. But like let's say like okay, so Blue Bayou has it. So why doesn't one of the sit-down restaurants like SS Columbia or Magellan's have it, especially Magellan's which is more high-end? Yeah, I'm not too sure why they don't have a vegetarian option. I don't know, may, like maybe because the the menu is so limited. Like Magellan's only has a few dishes, so I'm, it's maybe it's a cost thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, Who knows? it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Like as the Olympics gets closer, though. And then, um, yeah, as we mentioned, like with with uh, the buffets. So like uh, Sailing Day Buffet, the Crystal Palace, the Sherwood Garden, Oceano. Am I missing one? Is that all of them? Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, those will have, you know, uh, vegetables and salads and stuff like that. So, um, but it might be hard to kind of justify the cost. I, I agree. Um, did they, do they still have that buffet restaurant at Xperi? Because I want to say that one's vegetarian, isn't it? Oh. That's a good question. I don't know. The one that's, um, it's close to the movie theater. It's like across the street from the Timeless Comfort. Oh, I don't know. I I, I never knew there was actually a buffet there, to be quite honest. I think it's vegetarian. Okay, we're going to check it out and we'll get back to you. Okay, we can do a follow-up. We will. Episode. Let's do that. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, vegetarian, not all is lost. Um, vegan, on the other hand... That's really tough. Um, I like I personally don't know anyone that's vegan, so I I have like zero experience with this, so I'm not really at, you know, I can't really talk about it because I don't I I don't have much experience with it. Do you have any experience with vegan in the parks? No, I know some people that are are vegan that live overseas, mm-hmm. but they've never come here. And then um, I know the city is actually not bad. The city has a lot of vegan options, and there's actually this website. Um, that you can just like Google like vegan in Tokyo and it'll pop up and it has like a list of all the restaurants that are like uh, vegan friendly, um, which is great. And there's actually like this chain of restaurants that specifically caters to that. But in the parks, man, I don't think like, let me tell you, even vegetarian, there's not that many options. So it's not so easy. Yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of... um like preparing food yourself or like buying things from the grocery store and like preparing preparing your own meals. Yeah. 
Um, and when you're so, at the grocery store, you can use like the Google Translate, the thing that like translates like automatically with the camera, and that'll help you pick out the ingredients, you know, which would be really yeah. useful. And um, I guess the uh, the uh, one thing you you would really have to be careful for if you're a vegetarian or vegan is dashi. Yes. Which is uh, our like our fish stock, and it's used a lot in a lot of dishes and a lot of like foods in Japan. Um, you don't taste it, but it's in it. So you have to keep an eye out for that. So make sure you find out what it looks like, like written in Japanese, written in kanji, which is our, which is the Chinese characters. Just so if you're, if you're, if you happen to be at the grocery store, you can kind of look for that as well, because it's in a lot of stuff and it's in things you would never think of. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, if you're vegan, preparing your food ahead of time and like um like eating it in the picnic area would be the best option to do instead of having to deal with you know telling them that you have an allergy and preparing it in the in the park and stuff like that it's probably just a hassle i would just eat it in the picnic areas at disneyland or disney sea and just keep it simple really um but if there's any listeners out there who have um experience being vegan in Japan and specifically at the parks here or vegetarian, um, let us know because maybe we can have you as a guest on the show because we would we would love to share your story because it's it's one of those things that both Trish and I are not very experienced in. So we would love to get someone's firsthand experience with it. For sure. Of course. Yeah. And speaking of first-hand experience uh, we have a special our special guest diane i sat down with her a few weeks ago and i talked to her about her very interesting um allergy she's allergic to all seafood oh man that's so hard here yeah you can imagine coming to japan a lot of things have seafood and especially as we i we just mentioned dashi which is fish broth that's in a lot of stuff so you can imagine the challenges that Diane had to that faced when she came here. So she shares her whole story with us and how she overcame that and how it can help you if you have a severe allergy and how the resort and Japan in general handles that. So here's our interview with Diane. All right, so I'm here with Diane, who is a longtime listener, I almost said viewer, listener of the TDR Now podcast, and she has a very unique story to share with us regarding allergies. Um, well, I don't want to say unique, it's more difficult, you would say. Um, she's allergic to seafood, all seafood, and probably can guess from Japan, it's a little difficult <laughs> Especially at Tokyo Disney Resort, they do have a lot of seafood in their food. Seafood in their food. So um, we're just going to talk and she's going to share her story and just how she goes about doing it. Because you've been here, what, four, three, four times now? Ooh, more than that. Six times now? Six. Six times. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Since 2013. So um I have what is an inherited allergy to seafood, something that I um, discovered when I was a child, and it has varying degrees of um, 
responses, but most of them are pretty bad, and so I'm very careful while I'm over here. Having been to the Disney parks in the States, I know that they take allergies very seriously, and you'll be glad to know that they do here as well. Well, that's good, because I know that's a thing a lot of people have asked in the past, like how do they deal with allergies here? And for me, I don't really have allergies, so it's not something I really, it's not in the forefront of my mind, but for you, you obviously, you have to you know, be very proactive in that. Yes. So my first experience was um, I went and grabbed the alien Moki because they are so adorable. And I had seen them online and I wanted to have them. And as soon as I paid for it and I looked at it, I thought, I have no idea what these are. This could be a problem. And so I have prepared myself when I travel to Asia. I have little... um, pre-written cards that talk about my allergy in various languages. And so I showed that to the cast member who was at the cart, and they got on the radio. And a few minutes later, they told me to wait, a few minutes later, a manager came out, and he had an electronic board, and he took a look at my, my little sign, went through it, and was able to pull up and show me what allergens... Um, are in the food so that turned out to be perfectly fine and I was glad that there was a good response system because I really wanted to taste them <laughs> and they're um, super cute the, the green alien mochi and it does turn out that they are a dessert thing with cream in it so it really shouldn't have been a worry however I have since learned that desserts can be a trap here for me so, um, really quick before we move on, the the cards, uh, which website did you get that from? I believe it's called Broken Fish, but I went and Googled uh, allergy cards in Japanese or allergy cards in Chinese if you're going to Hong Kong or Shanghai. Okay, so just a simple Google search and it'll come up with something. Let's yeah. get to know. And they're, you know, they've got a little picture on them and, and some information. Um, we talked before, though, that I probably want to get something that's more custom-made because as I've gone through this more and more at Disney, um, they seem to be written in such a way that the cast members spend a lot of time looking at it, mm. um, which yeah. makes me concerned. Yeah, so maybe it's a little maybe too detailed and they don't quite understand what it what it means or something. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It needs something. Maybe it's something more, a little more simple. Maybe straight to the point. Like I'm allergic to X, Y, Z. And that's yeah. it. Kind of thing. I think they're trying to be. I, the sentences on there try to be very polite, mm. um, and maybe getting lost in translation per se. Um, what I've learned thus far, though, is that each restaurant at Disneyland or Disney Sea seems to have its own different approach. Um, so, for instance, uh, Sailing Day Buffet. I go ahead and I make sure when I check in for my priority seating that I tell them at that point that I have an allergy. Um, And they take note of that and they'll put it in the reservation. If you're able to, because you're staying at one of the Disney hotels, if you're able to make a reservation for the restaurant online for priority seating, they actually have a box there that you can tick for allergies. It doesn't say what. It just lets them know that you're coming and you've got some issues. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. So then 
um, they can kind of it's it's a little more proactive, and then they can kind of prepare stuff ahead of time instead of doing it on the fly, which I guess would make it a little more smoother. Right. <laughs> So typically what happens is if you're at a buffet or one of the more upscale restaurants, um, either the chef or someone else who speaks English will come out and talk to me. Um, in the case of Sailing Day Buffet, I was there two days ago and they actually had a listing in Japanese, which would have been sufficient if I spoke Japanese, but because I don't. Um, they had a diagram of the entire buffet, so three different pieces of it, and they used that, uh, the woman who helped me, to actually X out, picture-wise, what I couldn't have. Um, and believe me, it's about half of what's on any given buffet. What has tripped me up, and I think is important for people to know, is the description of what's there might seem to us in the U.S. to be benign, but for me, there's a lot of hidden fish. So, can you can you give an example? Like what? I'm, I'm trying to think of what would actually be hidden with fish. That's interesting. Well, I know, like in Japan, they use um, what's called dashi, which is um, like fish broth, and they use it in various things where you don't actually taste it, but it's used in cooking. So. That could be problematic if you're allergic to that because you're not going to taste it. You're not going to think of that. But I'm trying to think what would they actually use at like Disney that would have that. So surprisingly, desserts. And this is the part that really threw me the first time I went through Sailing Day Buffet. Um, yesterday, of the eight desserts, three of them contained fish, including the cheesecake. The cheesecake. What would be in the cheesecake? I have no idea. And I have no idea either. And I tried to ask because it was a beautiful little white piece of cheesecake with an adorable little chocolate Mickey on top. And it was X'd out. Some, I understand sometimes maybe the jellies or there's something in a ball, but um, yes. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering why that is. Maybe it's, maybe it's like, it's taken out from the same, like prepared the, in the same area, so maybe, maybe it touched something that had fish in it or something? It's possible, but I, I that has not been the first time uh, when cakes have been crossed out for me. Uh, other things that I might not typically look at, for instance, yesterday was minestrone soup. Um, which would be something that in the States, I would never think about that having fish in it. Yeah, because that would have, what, just tomatoes and pasta, like nothing with fish. Right. So we might make it with chicken broth or meat broth, so I'm guessing they make it with a fish broth. Yeah, they, they probably have the dashi in it. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, and so, for instance, that's Sailing Day Buffet. That's kind of their... Um, their approach. The approach at the Oceano, um, also a buffet, was to bring out the chef and the chef walked through and talked about the specialties for that day. So they had something that was, they handed me in English that listed out each of the items that was being offered and then across the top there were um, different categories so there was about a dozen things 
that you could potentially be allergic to, and they had a little dot next to the ones that you could or couldn't eat. Um, for me, they break it down into like shrimp and crab and a number of different pieces, but there's the typical there's a typical five allergens, and you're probably going to have to look that up mm-hmm. online, but um, they do have allergy-free menus. They tend to be more for children, um, and they, they're they the five major allergies of Japan. Seafood is not one of them, so... Yeah, uh, just off the top of my head, I think it's like meat, like beef, uh, probably an egg, dairy, wheat, and the other one I'm not too sure. Something, yeah. Eggs. yeah, maybe eggs. Yeah, so like things that are, I guess, common aller- yeah, common allergens, as you said. <laughs> However, I've seen those replacement meals and they feature fish heavily. Oh, well, that doesn't it's, it's help. fish and shrimp, so, you know. Okay, hey, yeah. That's great. Um, then the ones that I find actually a little more tricky is the experience I had at Grandma Sarah's. So because you line up, there isn't really that opportunity to kind of go ahead and say, hey, this is my situation, and give them time to prepare. So in that case, I had to wait in line, get all the way to the front, then show them my allergy card and say, this is what I'm thinking about having, because based upon what I've looked at outside with the food displays, this looks like something I could eat. Um, And then they sent me over to the side and we had a discussion, and sure enough, there were two things that were going to be problematic. In this case, they actually did substitute uh, out the rice, which had, um, I'm going to assume, some fish sauce on it uh, for a boil for just a plain rice. Oh, cause I think with Grandma, Sa- Grandma Sarah's is a counter service restaurant, just right. so those that don't know. Um, their rice is usually, like, if you get the special set, it's like shaped like something. So right now, it's the Easter egg. And then in Halloween, they do, like, a pumpkin and stuff like that. And they usually put, like, it's ketchup rice, usually. So, and they must mix in, I'm guessing, dashi in that as well. Which, um, for those of you who don't know, you don't really taste the dashi, but it's in there. So there's fish contained inside. So um, that's probably my guess is what it is. Right. Uh, so that was an interesting experience. And, and I learned over the time which restaurants and which meals make sense for me. But if it's your first time, um, it feels cumbersome to, to go through, I think. Yeah. And um, for most of the restaurants at the, at the resort, they all have a, like an allergy-free menu. Uh, but most of them, as you already mentioned, contain probably fish in that. But for other things, as we already mentioned, like the meat and the egg and the dairy uh, and also the wheat, they have you know, menu items you can order from there. Because typically they won't substitute a lot of things. Um, it kind of depends. As you already mentioned, the Grandma Sarah's, they'll swap out the rice for something plain. But there's some other stuff like, let's say, a burger or something like that. They won't switch out anything. They're going to tell you to order from the allergen-free menu, of course, or give you suggestions on to have something else that doesn't have you know, X in it or something like that. Right. So basically my experience is that they will tell you what you can eat. Um, They don't typically substitute, and that goes for even something as simple as, like, if you just don't want um, mustard on your burger or whatever the special sauce is, that's not an option. 
Um, the one exception, though, is the entertainment meals. So I've done both the Diamond Horseshoe dinner and the Polynesian Luau lunch. And in that case, because it's a set menu and because it's the entertainment, they kind of did a mix and match. Um, so they took away the fish and they gave me um, they gave me like the little meat patty from the kids menu. So they, they made an attempt to move that about and at the Diamond Horseshoe they very kindly assigned uh, one of the best English speakers, a woman who was headed to Epcot at the end of the month to be part of the Japan pavilion there. Uh, and so she walked me through the choices and the changes that they were going to make to the menu for me. Well, that's good that they were actually to, uh, able to substitute that for you because otherwise, because for those that don't know, the um, dinner shows or lunch shows are these character based shows that you also get a set meal with. So with that, you don't really get to choose what comes with it. You just get your meal. So it makes sense that they're able to actually substitute stuff, take things out, all that, as compared to, you know, a table service, or sorry, a counter service restaurant. So that's really good to know. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think that's pretty much it in, in general for my allergy and how I've approached it. I think the most important thing for listeners is they will accommodate to the best of their ability. Um, but that accommodation is typically directing you to the things that you can eat, not substitutions. Um, and the third thing is that they take it very seriously um, and make sure that they, you know, particularly with the buffets, walk you around to each option and tell you yes or no um, and where, where you can eat. Uh, lastly, I think, you know, I'll add this on top of it, I don't typically eat wheat, but it won't send me to the hospital, so I let that slide because I figure I'm a much more of a problem child already. So there are things that I visually look for or, or handle that way, um, but being a picky eater um, is going to be challenging at Tokyo Disney. However, the variety of the restaurants, there's so many things uh, that you can take a trip around and take a look. The one exception is, I think, if you are vegetarian, it's difficult. If you are vegan, you are going to need to bring your own snacks. I, that, there are very few things. Yeah, being vegan in Japan is not very common. So it's very difficult, um, just like for people who live here, if you're vegan. I know it's, I have a couple friends who are, and they say it's very difficult. So I can't imagine being a tourist here and trying to do that. It might be very difficult. I know there's like websites out there that will do it, but Tokyo Disney doesn't accommodate that at all because it's not very common. So as you said, you're going to have to bring your own food, go to like, go to the convenience store maybe outside the resort and see if there's anything there and kind of survive off of that. Like, unfortunately, that's just how it is, and I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon. But they are getting better with the vegetarian stuff, slowly. Right, so I had a wonderful vegetable curry at Plasma Rays that I highly recommend. Um, and there are a number of, I think particularly the curry seems to be a great place from a vegetable standpoint. In general, there are not a lot of vegetables on these meals, so whatever you see when you're in line at like a buffet or a buff 
what are the, the quick serve restaurants and that, if they show one broccoli stem, you are going to get one broccoli stem. Yeah, those uh, those are plastic food displays are very accurate. <laughs> so they're they literal. Look. Yeah. Whatever is on there is exactly what you are going to get. No more, no less. Um, and then I think the other suggestion is that some of the um, American-based chains, so I stay at the Hilton primarily when I've come. Um, the Hilton does a great job. That breakfast buffet in the morning shows every single thing with um, the common allergies next to it. So that's that might be one tip if you've got a lot of issues. For me, I eat a big breakfast so that I don't have to worry so much for the other meals. Okay, so you can kind of snack throughout the day. And while Disney, Tokyo Disney is known for its good snacks, so it's popcorn, it's mochi, all those things. <laughs> a little research goes a long way. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing your experience, and I know... It's going to be very useful for a lot of people, especially, I know there's a lot of people out there planning a trip to come here, and you really should, because it's fun. You definitely should, and you shouldn't let the food uh, get in your way. I think, you know, you understand that vegan is very difficult, that vegetarian can be difficult, then um, preparing ahead of time and understanding what the options are. There's all of the menus on TDR Explorer. That's a great place to start to get an idea of which restaurants might work for you. And they also have the menus online um, on the official website, but the only thing, it's only in Japanese. So if you can kind of fumble through that, they have some pictures on there, so you can kind of Google do that Translate as well. Google Translate does a decent job. So Google Translate does a decent job of that as well. Yeah, so if you're if you're very anxious about the food, then you can definitely go that route as well. But um, as you already mentioned, we do have the menus on our website. They're a little outdated, but we're working on updating those. But for the most part, a lot of the food is kind of in the same general vein. So I think the important thing is to remember that Disney is an amusement park. And even though we think about the parks in the U.S., they're doing a better job, it's still amusement park food. And you can always leave and go to Ixpiari to get something slightly healthier. Yeah, that's very true. Like the burritos. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good salad. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like burritos, so. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, well, so thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, well, hopefully we see you back very soon. I hope so, too. <laughs> All right. And again, thank you very much to Diane for sharing her story with us about being allergic to seafood and coming to Japan and going to Tokyo Disney Resort. And hopefully it's helpful for someone out, someone else out there who may be in the same situation and is nervous about coming to Japan. So, Long story short, not all is lost. It is doable if you just do your due diligence before you come. All right. Um, well, before we move on, uh, Trish, you and I were talking about this beforehand. Yeah. Um, how it'd be great to kind of have um, other people, like other people, like listeners on the podcast that have a unique story that they want to share on the podcast with us. So as we already mentioned, you know, if someone is a vegetarian or vegan and has had experience in the parks, having other people come on for like other various things that we've never touched before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, like, um, um, like, uh, so not just vegan or vegetarian, if you have religious dietary restrictions, um, if you're poo sized, if you, um, if you have a, a disability of some sort, um, if you, uh, 
like anything, any anything that kind of like, or if you just want to share your story with us, contact us and, and tell us what you want to talk about because we're interested in your stories. You know, you always hear us, but we want to hear about you guys too. So uh, please it's, let us know. Yeah, exactly. And you may be helping someone else out in the process, which is, you know, which is the whole point of, of this podcast. We want to help everybody as much as we can across all spectrums, right? Yeah, for sure. If you want to contact us, it's contact at tdrexplorer.com. All right, so park tip. Park tip. So this kind of ties in with the whole allergy thing, and I kind of gave it away already. Um, but print out print out your allergy cards. If you have a certain allergy, print out a card, because it's just going to make your life easier, especially if you don't speak Japanese mm-hmm. or have someone with you that speaks Japanese. Having this, like, you know, card with you is going to relieve so much stress off you. So um, I have, or sorry, we have a link in the show notes. Um, it's justhungry.com slash Japan dash dining dash out dash cards. And they have a whole long list of like predetermined cards that have the Japanese on it. And these are going to be very invaluable. And you can use them both in the parks and also outside the parks. And it's probably going to be more important using them outside the parks because you don't know the level of English that's going to be available or, you know, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Because Disney has a lot of English speaking staff, but man, you don't know like where you're going to go if you're going to run into somebody who speaks your language or not, not just English, like whatever language, you know, you speak. And, um, then you have to find a restaurant where you know people will understand you and and allergies you don't want to mess around with right so i think yeah absolutely it's a fantastic tip all right so that's that's it for this episode it was a fun one i enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) and hopefully hopefully somebody out there learned something and we kind of put their put their mind at ease especially if they have allergies it is doable it is doable All right, so you can rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher and also Google Play Music. Give us those five stars. And if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, you can send them to us, contact at tdrexplorer.com. And make sure you tell everybody about us. If you know someone that's planning their trip to any of the uh, Disney parks here in Asia, send them our way. And you can find us on our website, tdrexplorer.com. Also on Twitter and Instagram at TDR Explorer and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash TDR Explorer. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, the chief content editor of TDR Explorer, and I'm the one eating all the seasonal foods and, I'm... and somehow keeping my waistline the same size. I don't know how I'm doing it. How, I really don't. How do you do that? Like <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. It's not fair. I used to be, I used to be bigger when I was younger. So it's not like I have a good metabolism by any stretch. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. What? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm so jealous. And then, of course, as always, is the I, Patricia, who's <laughs> apparently jealous of me right now. I'm super jealous. <laughs> I'm like fuming over here. Um, I'm Trish. Uh, you can find me at Dream Sleeps Love on Twitter and on Instagram. And you guys, we love you. We love our Patreon patrons. We love you listeners. We love all of you. Um, keep exploring and we'll see you next week. All right, explorers. Have a good night.